Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. All right. Yeah. Slow down and um, take a listen. This is the Mystery of Parenthood you're listening to, and um, we're going to begin, as we always do, with our prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, Grant that every family on earth may become, for each successive generation, a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you who is life, truth, and love with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. John Paul II, pray for us. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Well, um, today we're going to talk about some of the trials uh, as that prayer it always reminds me when I, when I say the weakness and trials through which we sometimes pass. Um, I think that uh, it's funny. I, they pop into my head as I'm saying that prayer <laughs> because I think all of us, if we think about it, are, we have trials and, and difficulties and we have weaknesses that we have as we go through it. And so one of the things that I thought we'd talk about today um was on a work-life balance and the struggle that there is in that. And and with me is Thaddeus Romanski. Good afternoon, Trey. Good afternoon. And um, and I think that you know there's a few things that happened that did it. I mean, I've 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 witnessed it with my own parents. I've witnessed it in my in our own life and have made choices that kind of are um, can be a struggle based on on. Um, priorities. And it's, I mean, you spend, if you're most men and, and certainly more women today than that spend most of their time, um, of their waking time, um, if they're working at work or, or doing something. I mean, if you think about the number of hours in a week and the amount of time you yeah, spend, absolutely. it's, it's a, it's a, it, it eats a lot of time and it certainly serves a great purpose. I mean, and it's important to kind of understand, um, Work is not a punishment. I mean, a lot of people make that mistake. If you go back and read the creation story, I think you, it points to to the fact that prior to the fall, God gave it and said, "Be fruitful, multiply, and and um, subdue <laughs> what's been given to you." And so, I think that's still a, a a trial. But work itself is something that's meant to be something that brings about our holiness at the same time as it is a chance to serve others. Um, it's a chance to make money for, to be able to pay for things that need to be paid for in this world. It's a reality and it's not something to be run from, but it is something that can take over your life if you're not, if you're not careful. Um, and so I thought that would be a good one. I, the reason it came up is that there were, there was some talk you know, Super Bowl Sunday about Andy Reid, and I'm not going to get into that, but there were questions about okay. him not being around and that his two of his sons have one committed suicide and, and left a note saying you were never around, and which I can't even imagine. Um, mm-hmm. And then another one has been kind of... As a father, having to read that. To read, read to that. Read yeah. that. Um, it, but th- those are those are struggles that are real. I mean, particularly if you want to be excellent at what you do, um, it's a challenge to figure out where does that, how does that fit with me being a husband? How does it fit with me being a father? How does it fit with 
me being involved in my community, my friendships, all those type of things. How does that all fit um, in a way that um, is balanced, I guess? I mean, balanced, you, t- you tend to think of like this, you know, the, the scales the of scales justice, of justice like, image. you know, it's 50, 50. It's, it rarely is 50, 50. Um, in fact, for most of the time, it's, it's more work than the time you're with, with your family and awake and, and enjoying them. But, um, but that balance I think has to do with more that you, when you are home, you're present. <laughs> and when you're at work, you're present at work. And, and to be honest, that's, that is the incarnational aspect. That's the, that's the struggle of being human. You can't be in two places at one time. You have to, you have to make choices. You have to um, struggle and you have to kind of put it in perspective. So I, you know, the first thing we, we were, I ran across this article, which was helpful. And I started thinking about back through, you know, how did I make decisions? So I'll, I'll just share the story with me and, and you'll have some stories as well. Cause I think everybody out there will, have probably experienced this in one way or another. Yeah. The struggle of of not being able to bilocate yet, right? <laughs> hey, before you get get going with some of the personal anecdotes, I do think I wanted to just throw this out here for people to also consider um, this work life balance image. And when I went to in twenty seventeen, the June, the summer of twenty seventeen, I went up to. Clear Creek Abbey, which is outside of Tulsa. It's a a monastery of Benedictine monks and spent spent a weekend there. And one of the things that I came away with that experience from, one I came away from that experience with (laughs) (laughs) was this profound sense of their lives being so well-ordered. Right. They weren't seeking. It, it was very other uh, worldly or contra what we hear in the world about seeking balance. And rather, they found peace and purpose through order. You know, right. they ordered their lives first to God and then to the demands of the abbot and then to their confreres and then it was about you know their own personal right uh needs or you know agendas or or plans and that was that was very uh powerful experience to me and i i haven't i haven't in any way uh reoriented my life to to that sense but just being around that experiencing that has been good for me to to keep in mind about how can I, how can I make my life more like that? How can I have a, I'm ordered to God. I'm ordered to, you know, the needs of my spouse next. I'm need ordered to the needs of my children after that, and then ordered to the needs, my own personal needs. Right. Yeah. No, I think I think that you know if you read the Soul of the Apostolate, the, the um, which is a great book. I think it was primarily written to two people that are living out holy orders or and and that but I think I think what you're on to something with regard to how we are challenged to try to order our lives and and so how do you order that you do have to have I, I mean I've told this story before but I've I had a friend at the beginning of my conversion at probably I don't know 28 years old you know Ask me, you know, what are your priorities? And and I knew you know, it's God, family, or spouse, children, and then everything else. Um, but then he said something. He was a Protestant guy, but he said something that's always stuck with me, which I think is extraordinarily Catholic. Because as I said, Catholics are people who believe fully in the incarnation and the revelation of not only who God is, but but who we are. And as human beings, we are limited. We, 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 we can't do as much as you'd like to say you can multitask. You really can't multitask. I mean, you have, you, you right. have to be this place. And when you're at this place, you're not at any other place. 
And that's part of the struggle. And so he looked at me and said, well, then why don't you for the next week jot down what you spend time on, where, where your brain body is, and then you tell me what your real priorities are. I mean, he's pointing to this mm-hmm. incarnational <laughs> aspect, whether he knows it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reality was, is when I looked at it, I realized that my work was taking even, even time that I was home, I was thinking about it. I was doing, I wasn't fully there. So work was that. And at the time when I was honest, it was then Stephanie and the kids and God was like an afterthought. I mean, you know, Sundays, maybe a few prayers here when something was going bad, (laughs) you know, when you look at it, what were you spending time with? Mm -hmm. And there is a way, there is a, there is a way that, we first have to set our priorities and then you order your life around those priorities. I mean, what, what's the most important thing and what's the second most important thing? And then how do I live that out as a human being? And the way I live that out is it's shown in my bodily presence. I mean, it is, it's shown in when I'm where I am, am I fully engaged with what I'm doing at that moment in time? Right. Can I, can I, let go of those things. And that's a, that's a challenge. I mean, you, you know, sometimes you leave work because it's, you got to get home, but it's coming with you and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's kind of in your, and, and the, the worst uh, thing and, is, uh, uh, yeah, I was just, well, it was the worst thing you can have is, is one of these phones. Right. I mean, because you become aware of every, I mean, at least I do because I share my cell phone. I, the, the emails are all, I can, I can look at them in the middle of the night, I can, <laughs> right, right. I, I can look at them all over the place and, and you can be very much attached to it, even if you're at home. Right. And, and that's maybe something we can circle back and do more on this, but that is maybe one of the bad parts about the pandemic and the lockdowns and more people working remotely who have jobs that allow them to some, you know, oh, wow. some people have said there's a blessing in disguise because maybe more people have been able to work from home. So they're able to be at home and be, their f- schedules are now more flexible. And that's certainly true. So that's a, that's a silver lining, but then there's also possibly this bad aspect of it, potentially of this really blurring the lines even more of what's work, what's home, being present at home and not, not dealing with, with work things and just setting that down um, versus being consumed by it constantly and always being available, always being um, on sort of. Right. And so, I I mean, I think that's that's a a hard thing about our present age. I do. I think so. I think that's the blurring of the lines. It's much easier if you have that's not orderly, right? That's not, it's not. And, and which, which requires more self-discipline. Right. Um, so typically Stephanie encouraged when I work for myself, you know, I, I used to have this phone with me all the time and we would go on vacation and it would still be with me all the time. And one day she just looked at me and says, you've got to put that up. So I always tell now for the last probably 10 years or so, when I go away with my family, I, I tell her my phone will not be with me. I will, I will, I will check it before I go to bed and I will get up before people get up and I'll handle what needs to be handled. And I'll tell my assistant or whoever, you know, uh, this is going down. I will get to it, but it'll be either later tonight or in the morning, Mm -hmm. which is part of drawing those lines. You have to draw them yourselves. If you're in a place where they can be blurred and, and the, the technology today makes it even more, even if you are a person that goes to work, you you still have that struggle when you come home because you're so connected. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, you are completely connected Mm -hmm. and that's a, that's a challenge. But I think that the Benedictines and anybody and, and I forget who wrote soul of the apostolate, but this, uh, this idea of plan of life, kind of having a a plan of life saying, okay, this is, these are the most important things and therefore I'm going to order my life, meaning I'm going to make time (laughs) to be present in these things that are the most important. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think you got to couple that with a very 
incarnational that, that when you're wherever you are with whomever you are or spending time at that time, you need to be fully present in that moment. And that's a struggle. That's what I was, I always heard that mother Teresa, when people who had met uh, St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta, if that's the correct way that she's remembered, but that they always said that, no, it didn't matter. If she was talking to you, you felt like you were the only person in the world. He, she wasn't thinking of other things. And I know I <laughs> get hit with that daily where I'm with somebody and I know that I'm not fully with them because I'm thinking of, well, I should be doing this or I need to do that or or whatever while I'm trying to carry on a conversation. Right. I mean, so, so there's other I people. That that, too. There's other people. <laughs> I think that's a part of the human element. It's it's a struggle, and I think that order in saying, okay, this is my time with this customer. I'm not, I'm not going to. Th- this, this is my time with this employee. I'm not going to. I mean, I think there's something about, and I need to do this. I'm not saying I. I think I need to really as I go into something say okay for the next hour whatever else is going on whatever else is happening if I'm meeting with this person for an hour I need to say I'm in it there's yeah. nothing I can't I, so if something creeps in I've got to it's no different it, it's I mean it's it's the same challenge with 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 um prayer and distractions in prayer you know they God knows that we have all this going on and I've always, you know, priests, you know, I've, I've had good priests that have told me, look, there's not that, that stuff comes in. It's what you do with it when it comes in. And, right, right. and so, so as you're talking with a person or as you're praying to God, as something comes in, he, they always say, acknowledge that it's there and then say, that's for later and, 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 and actively move it out of your, thought process. Yeah, I've heard also people say with prayer, you know, if, if a distraction or a to-do list item comes in, just, just have a notepad next to you, write, write it down and right. then... And then move it on. So so there's something... I, so part of that order, I think, is, you know, my wife is a queen of lists, you know, and I've seen even in secular circles that they that they talk about what causes people the most angst, even at work, is allowing all these different things to come in an email that comes in a phone call a phone mail that come, a phone call that comes in and allowing those to distract you from what you're doing so yes. at the beginning of every day which I've not done so I'm I mean, we're ta- I'm t- we're talking about real talk here folks this is real, real talk we're we're talking about something that I know I should do and I try to do but you know I've heard people say you need to have three things that you I've got to get these three things done today okay and and you allocate time appropriate to those. Make sure you allocate enough time for those. And everything I've ever heard is said. Whatever you think it's going to take, you know, add <laughs> some time to it because mm-hmm. it's going to take longer than you think mm-hmm. to do it. And then you work your you work your day that way. And then you also have to build in time for those some downtime that's not really downtime it's for taking care of those things that come in that you weren't expecting yeah. so that you can say so you order your day that way so you can say okay look i write it on the list i've already allocated time two hours from now to to get to that so there is something about not taking things as they come in other words not being dictated by the moment um that happens, but if you allocate time in your day for dealing with those, then you can do it. If you pack, you know, I'm the worst about trying to pack a day and I don't got time for those, but then you realize I've got to handle that like now. Right. Well, that means that something that I had planned moved off. So I put too much on my plate in the, in the case of order, I'm going to put too much on my plate and I can't handle those. But as I've looked at it conceptually, because I, because it's not in reality what's happening. I, I've seen the, well, what if I, what if every day I said that I'm going to get three things done? You know, in five days, that's 15 things. <laughs> uh, 
do I get 15 things done in the week <laughs> when I let it all just come to me? And the, and, and the reality is, is no, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And, and so again, getting back to order, that's critical to try to, to do two things. One, make a list of things that I, these are things that I need to get done today or I need to focus on today and allocate time. But then you have to allocate time that's, it looks like dead time and it's not dead time. It's going to get filled up with other things. And then that way you can push it off when it comes. If you've done that, I'll just handle that after this meeting or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so there's that, that order that, that has to come from trying to plan your day, you know, and then plan for flexibility. You know, I mean, I've used this one before, but my, you know, my mom said the best advice she could give to my oldest son on the day before she, before he was born was to be flexible. And Stephanie asked to define it. And she said, well, just make a plan. And when you end up somewhere else, pretend like that's where you were headed in the first place. Well, I think a more, (laughs) I I mean, (laughs) that's what flexible means. That happens, but I think you can, I think you can, if you're disciplined enough, and I'm not, but I mean, this is about being real, but it's also about that we are meant to kind of try to better ourselves. And so we have to have kind of a plan that says, what, what should I do today? So that at the end of the day, what am I going to accomplish tomorrow? You know, I'm going to do these things and I've got enough time for that, but also I'm going to set aside time for these other things or no, for things that I don't know are going to pop up because they inevitably, (laughs) pop up. Um, so there's, there's that aspect. I think from a, from a spirituality standpoint, and Stephanie's mentioned this before, I do think that there are things when you have that priority, when somebody like in your family gets sick or an event occurs that is, there's no way you could have planned it in that hour or so that you set aside to deal with that problem is not going to be enough to see God's hand in that moment. I mean, to see him maybe redirecting you. And so there's a, there's an aspect that as much as we want to control things, as much as we want to order things that I think from a Catholic Christian perspective, knowing that God's in control of our lives, that things do come up that mean everything else else is all the plans are off the table that instead of taking that as in anger that's disrupting my plan, you know, <laughs> that you, you end up becoming somebody who says, okay, Lord, it's obvious I need to focus on this right now because of what's going on. So I think there's, there, that, that there's a way to, to build in, um, spirituality. You, you make the plan, like my mom said, because you should make the plan. You don't just let a day happen to you. You, you, make a plan. These are my priorities. This is what I'm going to do. And then you make a plan that includes time to deal with those things that come up that, that disrupt the day. But then you have to be aware that even with all those plans, if you plan it perfectly and something comes up that requires you because of your position as a dad, as a husband, as a son, whatever, that you can see God's hand in that moment that says, okay, I need to just move this to the next day and and go with that. And I think you can build that into kind of a a way of life. I'm going to plan what yeah. I can plan. I'm going to leave time to deal with things that I couldn't foresee. And then I'm going to accept things that rarely, but they do happen, that come up that if I just look, that's why I think it's important to have that God family and children and then everything else. Well, everything else eats a lot of time, but sometimes something happens that requires you to say, all this down here can just be moved to another day. I, it's kind of sad when, I mean, I always have said this, I've, my, my, when my mother died, when other big events have occurred in my life, you know, it gets shoved, I mean, pretty much to the front of your face that there are things that matter more than all the things that you're worried about. <laughs> you know, it, it, when mom was sick, I mean, it was like, wow. I mean, that 
all of a sudden that becomes number one and everything else goes from there. And so, you know, what I like about the, the three things that I have to accomplish today is that it's a nice, um, it's a nod to the to-do list, the need for to-do list, but sometimes to-do lists can keep be enemies of the good. And sometimes we have a tendency to make our whole day and our, our life about Checking scratching things off of our right. to-do list. And the truth of the matter is, is that every single one of us is going to die with an unfinished to-do Absolutely. list. And so we have to be thinking about what is the larger reason? Why, why do I have a to-do list to begin with? What right. What's the, what's the bigger purpose for um, what I'm doing every day? And, and if, if I met, uh, if I met Christ in the other, if I can look back on my day and tell myself that I, took care of some of God's business. And if I can say that I made progress on my, my projects right. at work, <clears throat> even if I had to move something to the next day, you know, right. Then I'm, I'm, I'm ordering my life properly and I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to. Well, so I mean, time, so you're not only limited, but time's limited. Yeah. So, so I think that it's important. So if if you've thought through, prayed about, okay, these are the three things I got to get done at work, and you and you write those down and you accomplish them, you're you're actually recognizing the fact that that the twenty things that are on your list are not doable in a day, mm-hmm. and so you're recognizing that we're constrained not only bodily, but we're constrained by time. And therefore you limit and say, okay, if I can accomplish these things then it would have been a day well served, I would have done what to the best of my ability, to the best of my knowledge, those are the most important things. And then you can walk away from work and say, I accomplished what I wanted, which I think all of us need a little bit of that every day. Mm -hmm. Every day is a new day. And, and that's one of the great things about being Catholic. Every day, you end a day, you go to bed, you now lay me down to sleep, and God give me the next day. And then the next day, you can, you know, at that time, reviewing the day at that not, before you go to bed, you can look and say, well, I didn't handle this, but tomorrow, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on this. And it's, so it's this constant being aware of the fact that, you know, I have to, I've been given a job, whatever my job is. And ultimately it's to, it is to serve God because he's put you there. You know, you can get, I mean, I, you know, coming clean. Um, I mean, you can get to where like, man, there's so much I don't like about my job. There's so many things I do. Real talk about, folks, you know, real talk. Yeah. But so many things I don't like about my job, but there's something lost. I think today that just cause you don't like something or you don't, or it it's too hard or it causes too much suffering doesn't mean it's not something that you're meant to go through. Right. And so that's another way that's part of carrying your cross. So there's times I remember, I mean, I may have told the story that, that I think, you know, that I was talking about leaving and then I, I believe it was Christ said, well, what if I want, what if I want you to be a banker? So every time I want to, you know, so I'd much rather do this. Like I gave that talk the other night uh, on, on uh, natural, family, natural plan. family planning, and I walked out, and I was just on a high. I was like, I, I love. I wish I could do that all the time. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I I loved it. I, I loved the way the people responded. That they came and said that was that was. There were things I had never heard before, and mm-hmm. and like I said, it's none of that's that's all stolen. I mean, not stolen, but it's all. There's nothing I'm giving them that's not readily available, and it's not been something that's been hashed out by the church and yeah. and that. But but but. You walk out and you go. Here's the herald. Now I got to go tomorrow. I got to go tomorrow, and deal with this junk. You know, and Mm -hmm. and you can get kind of. I mean, I don't know if you've ever (laughs) felt that way, but I mean, I imagine most people. You're like, okay, I mean, that was really something I enjoyed doing. Why can't I do that all the time? Right. You know. Well, the reality is, I didn't get paid a penny for it, and 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 from a Catholic perspective, from a Christian perspective, we're meant to provide for. Yeah, you know, you know. Going back to your point about carrying the cross, maybe something that we 
overlook when we reflect on Christ telling us that we need to carry our crosses and the fact that he did do that is we forget that he, if we, if we believe he is who he says he is, he's the son of God, right? the incarnate son of the almighty God. The point of kind of the point of him saying that for us is the fact that he didn't have to carry his cross. He could have, he could have easily had, like he said, a legion of angels come down and wipe out that entire Roman garrison and plucked him right out of there. And he could have done the whole salvation of our souls thing a completely different way. It's that he didn't have to do it that way, but he did. But so, and that's so critical to understanding that when, when, when God came, he came to reveal two things generally, who God was, that God is love, that God is Trinity, all that. But, but he also came to reveal who we as human beings are. Mm Mm-hmm. And there are things that we all too often that if something gets difficult or something is harder than we would like, we think we're told, well, then you need to move on. Exactly. Go, go and back. That, and that's and, my point. And so many times right. we do, especially in our day and age, we do have that ability to say, oh, well, I'm just going to quit this job and go get another one. Or, I'm going to quit this team and do something else with my time if I'm, you know, right. in school or, or what, or <laughs> worst of all. I'm going to quit this marriage, right, and start over. Absolutely, and and that and those are those are the things that like. So how do you how do you gauge? How does one gauge what is God calling me to do? Well, the best way, and it's for a lot of people the least. You always want to hear God like come. It's boom, not palatable. It. It's the least palatable. I mean, lots of it is okay. Number one. I'm in charge. God, I mean, God's in charge. And so you're in charge and you have me doing this now. He's more than capable of making it evident that you're supposed to move on. But the way he makes that evident is typically not because it gets hard. Right. <laughs> I mean, because hard can be the cross that he's actually asking you to do it. Right. And, and why is it? So after God, then it's your wife and kids. Well, what does it mean to my wife and kids if, if I just, hey, I think, I'm just going to bail, not because something has happened, not because something has made it evident this is a new route I'm supposed to take, but just because I don't like what I'm doing. Right. The church would say what dictates what you're supposed to do is what are you obligated to do? What, exactly. what is your what are your duty? Right. What's your duty as a husband? Well, first as a child of God, then second, in whatever role you find, you and I are husbands and fathers. What are the, those are, that's the hierarchy. I mean, everything else is separate from that. So you don't let the bottom dictate the top. <laughs> you say, what is my duty to my wife? Well, that can, that can mean my duty to my wife is to do the best job I can at my job, particularly when it becomes difficult mm-hmm. because that offered to God for love of the wife and the kids and for love of him is an offering acceptable to him. It's particularly when we've said our morning offering as we've talked through and offered that in union with him. The, the, the one I've been saying recently, I think is the, I forget what the words are, but it's, it's basically when it's basically when things don't go the way you want, you know, when it's not what you expected when the going gets tough, so, the yeah, tough, tough get going. going, you know? And so with God's grace and understanding that that's that, and then having that hierarchy, God first wife and family second, and then everything else third, the third or whatever. I mean, how you go down the, the third, the bottom of that rung is what I do at my job. Yet it is my service, not only to the people I serve, but it's my service to my wife and kids and ultimately to God who I've offered this to. So I had a, you know, a priest one time tell me, you know, God can make evident what he wants you to do. So if you're not doing what he wants you to do and you, and you tell him, show me something different and he doesn't, then you're doing exactly what he wants you to do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Keep doing that. Mm -hmm. It, It will become evident something. So you'll get a phone call, you'll get, a pink slip, you'll get whatever, something that says, okay, it's apparent that it's time to reroute. Mm -hmm. God's in charge of that. 
And so I think that's a, that is a Christian way of looking at um, both that God is providential. He's, he's over everything that's happening in my life and what Jesus says with regard to taking up your cross and following me, those crosses are those things. It's the sick child in the middle of the night. It's the, I mean, it's the deal that doesn't go the way you wanted it to go or your boss doesn't let, you know, and then even understanding that it doesn't matter whether your boss or whoever's over you is holy or not to see in that person that's over you, God's hand working. And so if he says no, or he says this needs to change or whatever to accept that is coming from God, as long yeah. as he's not asking you to do something that's would be against, you know, what you know God's will is, if it's just something I don't want to do it that way, I don't like to do it that way, Right. Um, to accept that as, okay, God, you put him over me or her over me, and I'm going to accept it as it, so that's pleasing to God as well. I mean, he can remove that person too. Right. So there is something about, in humility, saying, okay, God, you're over all this, you're seeing all this is going on. And yes, I'm struggling with this, but I'm going to accept it because you've got me here and you've placed me under this person. And therefore I'm going to do what he asked me to do because it's a matter of what he thinks over what I think. Right now, as we close out, we got about 15 minutes. Now let me ask you this. And, and this does go to the heart of the kind of work life balance uh, peace. So m- many of us know that uh, we have a, a, a job and um, let's say it's very, it is very demanding and we're, we're in that difficult um, setting or difficult stage. Maybe we have a big project that's demanding a lot of extra time from us. Um, and so then that naturally is going to cut into our family time and how we devote ourselves to our family. And that could bring us into conflict with our, with our spouse. And so there, you know, some, someone might say, well, that's not an easy, it's, it's not enough in that situation to just say that, well, I'm going to stay in my difficult uh, work situation there and, and grind out that project and give more hours to, to right. work. And so there I, and I'm, I'm doing that for my family because that's um, taking us away from our, maybe our duties or our time at home. So when those kind of things come up, how do we find that proper well, I think, work-life balance? That's great because it, that does happen. I mean, yeah, exactly. For, it does happen to everybody. I think first you got to communicate, you got to be open. Hey, this is going to be, this is just, on the front end, this is going to take a lot of time and, and I'm going to do the best I can to balance it. But so, so communicate, even communicate with kids to the, at the level that they would understand, you know, this is, this is going to be a difficult month or week or whatever it's going to be. Right. So that there's not only, and ask them to pray for you, you know, and, and engage them in, look, I, Y'all are number one, and I mean God's number one. But then, with regard to how I spend my life, is is this? But this is something that's being demanded from my boss or from my position or whatever, and I owe it to them to do this and communicate that. I think on the on the end of it, and this is what my I had brought up my dad, who's a very busy physician. What I always look forward to is, and I, I would never, I could never do this. I don't even know how he did it, but, but he would take all three of his weeks at the same time. So he would take three weeks of vacation. He'd have three weeks of vacation. He would take them in three weeks. Wow. And he would work extraordinarily hard, but I, we knew that for three weeks every summer, he was fully with us. I mean, there was nothing, and and I'm not, I couldn't do that. I don't, I mean, I don't even know if I could get away with doing that, (laughs) but I'm not sure I'd want to try to. But so as much as he worked, we always knew there was going to be this time where 
he wasn't talking with anybody. And that was back pre, I mean, there was no way for people to get a hold of him. So, I mean, he was fully there because there was no cell phones or anything like that. So I think sometimes what, okay, there's going to, there's going to be this time of very busy when it's finished, then, then I'm going to take some time or make some time where I'm going to fully be with, with y'all. It'll be a celebratory moment or something or period of time that, that we're all in this together. You're, you're helping your mom because I'm going to not be around as, as much as I, I ought to be. We're all a team, you know, I'm a football coach. So, I mean, you, you, you know, whatever you want to say, we're in this together. So right. while I'm struggling, while I'm struggling with this, y'all are aware of it, pray for it. Know that some of the things that I might help mom with, I really could use yours and you would be doing that for me and for your mother. And so there's kind of this bringing them into the fold instead of just coming home and saying, it's just going to be, if I'm not going to be around, you'll deal with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and you may want to do that. <laughs> And, but I think there's a way of communicating that that says, hey, we're in this together. It, it, it's again, teaching them that number one, life's not always fair. It doesn't always work out the way that you planned it, but we are all in this together. I think it's part of the culture you want to build as, as, a, as a dad, as a mom with your kids. Um, and so, like I said, my dad would always, there was always a known set of time during are growing up that he was going to be fully with us for extended period of time. Like I said, for me, that would not, there's no way I could do that. But again, if I, if I set an important example for you though, it did. Cause I mean, he, he, he would work crazy hours. I mentioned this prior to the show about how the fact that, you know, dad would work crazy hours. He'd work lots of weekends because he was a doctor and he used to always communicate, Hey, people have heart attacks, on Christmas, uh, wherever they have, I mean, Doesn't you know, matter. and so, but it was always communicated. This is what I'm supposed to do. But I always knew that if there was a way, so, I mean, he, for football games or any major event that he would come home, even if you have to go back. So bodily, he would be there. He would make sure that we knew he was there. Not, not saying, Hey, what a great guy I am. He never would do that. He's just like, I've got to go back because I didn't finish some stuff I have to finish which showed, which was an example of sacrifice because you knew, and, and of course the spouse, my mother was always communicating, you know, dad wants to be here and he's here for this, but he's got to go back for that. And so there was always the husband and wife instead of pointing what, you know, yeah, dad's not here again or he doesn't, care about, he doesn't you care about you or whatever. The, the, the spouses were communicating to their children, Hey, this is what we do because we love each other. And so, you know, there's somebody's dad that just had a heart attack and your dad's going to try to keep him alive for somebody else. Right. You know, try to do the best he can to, to make sure that, that this person survives this. And so there's, I think there's a, there's a sense of That's beautiful. part of the, part of the balance is recognizing that sometimes we have to help balance by pulling maybe some extra weight for the sake of somebody else who's pulling extra weight that you can't help them with. And that is, I think critical to to the fact that sometimes work gets in the way, but you've got to include, and, the, and that's why it's so, so important that a husband and wife are on, on the same page and that the wife understands, hey, dad's going to be out and that she's conveying to the kids this is not because that and that somewhere down the road and you have to you have to be known for being true to your word if 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 you say we're going to go do something fun after this is a celebration of me finishing this rough period of time and y'all helping we're going to go do something to do it. well then you you ought to do it yeah <laughs> but but i think if you build a culture that's like that you help people recognize you know that this work life balance is not always balance it's not always 50-50 or it's not always in balance but you have to look at it in the big picture things. You balance it out maybe down the road after you've done that, but you've included them in the struggle. Talk, talk, as we get to the close of the show, about eight minutes left, talk a little bit about how maybe um, people can bring a little, maybe do a little bit more of that weekly kind of balancing out by trying Absolutely. to move 
more towards really keeping Sunday as a Sabbath, really keeping Absolutely. Sunday as a day without any work in it. Well, so you, you in terms of order, you you have to say there are things. So number one, Sunday's an it's about obligation, but it shouldn't be. I mean, I always we always we get to go to mass on Sunday. That I never said we have to. I, we always we get to go to mass on Sunday. It's a time to be together, and we're going to go to that. So you schedule that time, and you make sure that time with we're going through with our mother in law with our mother in law and time. I've I've got to allocate time for Stephanie and I. So every Thursday night we go to mass, Stephanie and I, and then we go out to dinner and we talk about what's going on and 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 reconnect. You have to schedule that. You can't. So again, part of the order is if it's important, then you're going to make time for it. And so you say that's awful. Like the, I, the other night, there were some people in town and it was unknown and they, and they said, Hey, we're all going to dinner. You know, it's b- some bosses and other people. And I said, Hey, I, you know, I, if I'd known in advance, but on that night, Stephanie and I already have plans. I hope you understand. Of course they did. They may have talked about it when they were away. I don't know, but I don't really care. But I mean, it was something that was on the books that I like, it's not something that I'm going to override for just a gathering. Um, and so again, make time for date night again, make Sunday a time that's family time, a time that I'm not, I'm going to spend time. So we usually will go to mass if anybody's here and we'll go spend some time at lunch or whatever. And we'll spend time together on Sunday. Sunday's a down day. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that has to be part of the plan. <laughs> uh, I mean, you have to schedule that. We're going to church at 10, you know, and then we're going to go get a bite to eat and then we're going to go back home and take it easy. Or Are doing projects around the home, oh. is that considered work or is that considered I think it honoring yourself? <laughs> I, I, I think it depends, but I mean, you know, um, Again, if it's time together with with some, or you're doing something that that's really one of the only times that you can do it, and if you can engage your kids to help, um, and you know it's what Mama wants, or it needs to happen, and that's the only time that then then that can be, I think a a something that can fit into, hey, this is a we're building our family because sometimes fa- sometimes. I mean, well, not sometimes. I mean, family is work. Mm-hmm. I mean, you there's stuff that has to be done, and you have to the way you show. Again, a crucifix is so critical to to, to understanding the faith because it has the body of Christ hanging on that cross. What that means is is that's what love is. You look at it. That is that is the sign of God's love for us. He would do that. And something that he didn't have to do for the sake of us. And therefore, anytime we can reflect that in our thinking and in our prayer life and pass that on to our children where we're, we're saying, we're, I would much rather be watching this football game or I'd much rather be taking a nap or I'd much rather be doing whatever, but I'm going to make the sacrifice because this is really important. That's us again, taking up our cross and it's bodily that, you know, early on, Stephanie would say, I'm not sure if anybody's ever said, you know, don't tell me you love me. I mean, show me you love me. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. What that love means you give yourself away sacrificially. Mm -hmm. I, I put aside something that she and I know is important to me, but it's not as important as her. Therefore Mm -hmm. we're going to, we're going to do this other thing. Mm -hmm. And that's, part of making reflecting Christ to others is part of our taking up our cross and uniting ourselves with Christ to say, yeah, I'd like to do this, but I should do that. <laughs> and we got to get back to understanding there's nothing wrong with duty. There's nothing wrong with obligation. There's nothing wrong with saying, this is what I promised to do on my wedding day. <laughs> and, if you pour yourself out, you know, as, as hard as it is, if you pour yourself out as, for the sake of the one you love, for the other, there's joy in that. 
it's it's so counterintuitive and it's and it's countercultural because most relationships are built on well what am i getting out of it and when i stop getting something out of it then it's not a relationship that's worth keeping on that is so contrary to the christian view the christian view is if i love somebody then i'm willing to give up the things that i want and I, i'm going to pour myself out for that person because in doing that i'm actually becoming christ to, to them I'm being Christ to them, which means I'm being conformed into the image of his son, which is the plan. And you've been given these opportunities to be conformed. And every time you say no, it's just like him saying, not my, you know, my will, not your will be done, which he, of course he didn't say. Right. So I think that that's part of building that all into your spirituality, this, this work-life balance, this, this struggle, this setting time apart, you've got to, have order. You got to, you got to make a plan (laughs) and say, I'm going to do this because if I, if I do this plan and it works out the way I am, I, in my body am actually reflecting to this world. This is what's most important to me. Exactly. Because that's the way you show people (laughs) that's important because the only way you can show it is to actually be there. My dad could have said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I couldn't be there, right? So uh, just I challenge me, I challenge you, Thaddeus, and everybody listening that we we need to do a better job of of ordering our lives, and that's how we get our work-life balance. So anyway, guys, always remember, and gals, everybody listening, remember that uh, to pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you, and he will. God bless you guys. Pray for us. We'll be praying for you. See you next week. 